So the big question is this, how do veterinarians like you, who live demanding lives, who never seem to have enough time, able to achieve balance and take control of your finances with confidence? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. We are Florida Veterinary Advisors, and this is the Smarter Vet Podcast. Hey, Smarter Vets, this is CJ Burnett, one of the co-founders of Florida Veterinary Advisors, and today I was hoping to share more of my own personal story when it came to the wrestling match that is budgeting with a spouse who can't really seem to get on the same page with you when it comes to how or how much money you spend in your households. Our mission is to provide a different way of thinking, to make financial decisions easy so you can spend time doing other things. Make sure to check out all of our other great resources available on our website, such as complimentary race CEs, assessments, videos, and articles. You can find them all by visiting flvetadvisors.com. And obviously, if you're finding this podcast to be helpful, make sure to rate and review us on Apple or Spotify. If not, give us a rating on the Smarter Vet Financial Podcast page, uh, the Facebook page, and follow us there. So today... um, this is some something that I, I find to be a very fun topic, even though oftentimes people can shy away from this topic because it usually, if, if you're any normal person out there, you most likely at some point have had some sort of conflict with your spouse in regards to how you budget or how you spend money. And to give you some background on, in my story, when, when, I, when I was 20, that was when I got married. I got married very young. I've know, I'd, I'd known her since middle school. And she was in school to be a hairstylist whenever we whenever we actually did have our wedding. And I was just changing my major in college from violin performance to finance. So we were kind of in a, uh, you know, we were young, a lot of fluctuation, a lot of trying to figure out just life in general, let alone trying to figure out the financial pieces. Uh, well, that's another dynamic. Since we were young, it, we had... Uh, the struggle, obviously, with the spending plans and the finances and trying to come together on a lot of different things that uh, I think most people really struggle with. And I, whereas I understood financial stuff fairly well at the age of 20, I had actually already been uh, very much so introduced to all things finance. In her world and her family growing up, like they actually didn't spend a whole lot of time uh, looking at financial things or, or really trying to understand even just how uh, to spend money or how to budget. And you know her, her real philosophy was just don't spend money uh, ever, which was hard for me for especially as someone who is a spender. Shocker, right? Like uh, a finance guy being a spender. But yes, I, yes, I love spending money. Even though I am a financial advisor, I, I find plenty of enjoyment in spending money and not just saving it. And I think after a few years of struggling, we found something that really worked for us. And the more I shared it with clients that we worked with, the more conflict uh, I saw kind of resolve and re- be reduced in some relationships that we, where we were working with couples. So today, I wanted to share with you that system. It's incredibly basic, very simple, but sometimes the most simple things in life can be hard. Think of like riding a bike, like it's very simple. You get on the bike and you pedal. But if you've never done it, it it can oftentimes feel impossible at first. So there is a difference between budgeting, uh, what we call a budget, and a spending plan. 
And a budget typically is something that's very constrictive as opposed to a spending plan, which is really just directorial. It's it, in nature, a budget is trying to limit spending, whereas a spending plan is trying to just make sure that we give every dollar a name. And a spending plan should have some sort of built-in margin for error. People say, well, I, I, there's always a surprise that comes up. Yeah, there's always going to be surprises. So you have to build in the spending plan for those surprises. And you can't plan everything, but over time, you can definitely start to see some sort of an average, something that, that becomes where miscell a miscellaneous expense that just pops up. And you know, over time, you know, it might be $500 one month, it might be $200 the next month, it might be $2,000 the next month. But over time, those things can be even out. And you, you kind of more or less can budget that over a longer term period, knowing that on average, there's a certain amount of surprise that happens in your life. Now, you don't really need uh, to to use up when it comes to budgeting your spending plan. Pick whatever word you want. Uh, we define them very differently whenever we're talking with clients, but I'm kind of going to use those terms in, interchangeably today as far as budget versus spending plan because I know a lot of people. Uh, aren't really sure of the differences of the two, and, and instead of getting that, getting into the details in this episode, I figured let, let's just use them interchangeably for the sake of today. So, the wonderful thing about getting a budget or getting a spending plan is that once you're saving twenty percent or more of your income, I tell people trash the spending plan. Just trash it. If you're saving twenty percent or more of your income, why worry about where the other eighty percent goes? Now, every so often, you got to check in. You do have to kind of reevaluate what you're doing, but it's it it becomes something where you go from worrying about it every day to really looking at it maybe every month or every three months because once you get a rhythm and once you and your spouse get on the same page with with what's going on, typically you find a groove and then you don't need to worry about re necessarily revisiting every day or every other day and it becomes something that happens automatic. The other thing to remember is that there are two types of savings. When I talk about savings, uh, there's there's the type of savings to spend money, like I save $20,000 and then I buy a $20,000 car. That's not really saving money in our minds. When I talk about saving that 20%, I'm talking about 20% or more of your income goes towards your long-term plan. That long-term plan is that money that is set aside to produce income for you in the future. Because what we're all after is that that time in the future where we no longer have to work, our paycheck isn't being isn't coming from our efforts, our paycheck is coming from our assets. And so if we can kind of get in that mindset of, you know, the reason why I'm saving is because I don't want to have to work forever. I want to be able to get to a spot where I can choose to work because I love to work, but I'm not finding myself where I have to go to work on, on a day that I really don't want to. And, you know, but I, the only, really the only reason why I'm going to work is not because I love what I do, but because I need the paycheck. That's a bad position to be in. So we want to all move towards that long-term plan goal and have 20% or more of your income going towards that. Uh, people, if you're, if you're saving 20% and then you spend that 20% on a trip to Europe, not really savings, right? That's savings to spend, not saving for the long-term. So let's not confuse the two when, uh, when we talk about budgeting and the purpose of actually saving that 20%. Now, oftentimes budgeting is difficult with a spouse who isn't on board or finds it too hard to follow. 
Um, if you're like me and my wife, we had a lot of the struggle was really just because the the way that we were budgeting, the how everyone else did it or how everyone else told us how to do it really wasn't working for us. And there were a few things that really popped out at me early on in our marriage or even probably as I got in this industry and started really recognizing that most people don't save more than, say, 4% of their gross income every year. When it comes to this piece, and I, and I think before we do anything else, all, all other things are secondary to really understanding that when you go to your spouse about these things, more than likely you're frustrated, they're frustrated, you guys both see each other as almost like an enemy, right? If you're angry and frustrated with them, take a step back, remember that they're a different person than you are, even though you might be a saver and they might be a spender and you struggle with getting on the same page before, we all have something that we struggle at. Give them some grace in your mind right now. Recognize that if you go to them with a request because it's important to you and you really want them to help you in this small way, then it would make you feel loved and valued. And that usually is enough for someone to put down their defenses and try something new. And if in the past you've been nagging them, because let's be honest, we've all had something that we were good at nagging our spouse about, if we're not getting what we need especially, recognize that they may have a concern that you'll use this as a club to hold over them. And you've got to maybe potentially kind of clear the air with them and say, look, if, if we try this and you know we can't get it, we can't get it the first time, that's okay. Like I, I want us to kind of just do this for a little while. Let's mess up, let's break things, let's just kind of figure it out together. Reassure them that you're not gonna do that. You're not gonna use this as a club. Like if they aren't good at it at first or if they fail a few times, like it's okay. It usually takes about eight to 12 weeks before any system can really be adopted between a couple where one person is not you know, getting incredibly frustrated uh, over the other. And I, and I think the, the other part is that you're gonna try this system. There's, a, there's actually a paper that you're gonna download with this system that's on our website and, and the link is in, in the actual description of this podcast. But just recognize that their feelings are valid. Affirm what they're, that how they're feeling, especially when it comes to this topic. They might feel like a failure. And so at the same time, you'd really like for them to try something new for you. So you're a team. Your spouse is not your enemy. Okay, so let's talk about the system. So the first thing I saw, especially in, in my marriage, was that the monthly budget just took too long. It was like running a marathon. And since the finish line was so far ahead, it could barely be seen on the first of every month, it was really hard to know how fast or slow her or I could spend money. So it was really uncomfortable in the beginning part of the month since it was hard to know how fast to run a race when the finish line isn't in sight. Another thing, there are things that we may, we may pay monthly for. Uh, I took out those things from the spending plan immediately for her. The monthly expenses were really something that I handled. Uh, this took out a lot of the that variability. Like in the first of the month when your mortgage is due, you have this big massive amount of money that goes out. You really can't control that. And it's not very helpful in the budget if there's an expense that you can't control. And so you, to a certain degree, you almost want to just remove that from the budget entirely and just like, you know, your mortgage is most likely set in stone almost to the penny. Like, don't even worry about that stuff. The trash services, electricity, there are some things that are somewhat variable, but they're, for the most part, they're what they are month to month-ish. And so for those to be in the budget, at least for my for my wife, was like, doesn't really help her. She can't control it. They're going to have to get paid anyway. So why are we even counting that into the the categories in which she's going to budget for? Because if she doesn't have control over it, why would I ask her to to take that into account? Like I would take it into account for how much money she can budget from, 
But, but at the end of the day, she was getting a number from me of like, you can spend X amount of dollars per week. And that's really how much we have before we, we start going, you know, into a, into a dangerous spot. Also, I considered how to make it as easy as possible for her to not just track categories. You know, when you have 30 categories that you're trying to track, it becomes fairly tricky. Rather, track the progress of what was left for her to spend for the week instead of what the total amount she had to play with was. In other words, instead of saying, here are 30 categories that I, and here are the different amounts that you need to spend in each category, it was, hey, Here's the total amount of money that you can spend on everything, groceries, whatever. And there's a list of categories that 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 she would have for herself and and I tried to keep it to roughly about 5 to 7 where, you know, she was like, "Okay, there there are these seven categories. If something's outside of these categories, then either CJ needs to pay for it, figure out how to pay for it on on his end, or I need to go to CJ and talk to him about, "Hey, there's this thing that we need to buy or we need to do." And this doesn't fit within these these five to seven categories. How how do we handle this, right? And so it it forced communication between the two of us for these special outliers where there wasn't a surprise for me or for her because I did the same thing on, on my end with her. That if if we had this weird thing pop up, we at least were forced to talk about it, and it and it became like, oh wait, pause, don't spend the money. Let's let let me talk with my spouse first before we necessarily make a move on this. She loved doing things on paper, so I created a sheet where at the top, it started with an amount. And then that was the amount that she had to spend for the whole week, right? That was the amount that, that we had allotted for really Erica's spending. And, and Erica did a lot of the grocery shopping. She did a lot of the shopping for my daughter. So it was like, hey, like here's, here's the total amount. Whether you spend 80% of this on groceries or 80% of this on, on, on our daughter, doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, it's let's just try to keep it within this amount for the week. And she loved this because it allowed for her to have a short time frame, a lot of control over what was what what success was, right? Because now these categories are really things that she can control to a certain degree. And it at, at first it was hard because we didn't really know what that number was, right? At first you try to you like, okay, I'm gonna spend X dollars per week. Right? Maybe you figured that number out by taking the monthly amount and dividing by four. But then you know it's like kind of awkward because like at first you really don't know unless you were tracking your spending before. And so you want to pick a number that you think is close. Do an ish, right? Just get in the ballpark of what you believe that you can that, that your spouse can actually successfully spend without having any issues or without it affecting the household in a negative way. And over the, the the next few weeks, you just finagle. Are we going above it? Are we going below it? Like, are we able to maybe cut somewhere else? Are we able to redirect some some other cash flows from somewhere else? But the goal at first is really just to get close to the amount that you spend. And sometimes we can, you know, got to be careful because you can establish unattainable goals for things, uh, especially if you don't really know exactly the, the number-ish to begin with. And like I said, just get a rough ballpark don't don't be perfect perfection is not what we're after we're after progress and so every week whenever you look at at what was spent and where it went it's not a, and here's the other thing you can't judge your spouse over what they spend money on right there's a, there's five to seven categories one of those categories could be the amount of money that they're able to spend on whatever the heck that they want and you can't judge them on it 
Uh, there are things that they value. There are things that they want to spend money on. And it's the same thing with, with you probably. And so we've got to kind of know that our spouse's values, maybe, maybe they have, they value something differently than we do. And we have to give some sort of uh, a margin for error, or I would even call it some allowance to a certain degree for them to know where they want that money to go. And hey, if they're able to save money off of groceries enough to where they can go and do an activity with their friends or or something that they want to do, and they spend money on themselves in some way, more power to them. Like let's let's empower them in that way. When it comes to where money goes and the reallocation of money, sometimes. You, both of you may come together, look at the sheet and, and realize that you both are spending money in, on something that you don't really want to spend money. I remember many years ago when my wife and I first started tracking our spending and we found that we spent a lot at Starbucks. Now, it wasn't just lattes. It was like you know gifts for Meadows teachers, my daughter's teachers. It was just a bunch of different things. And, and so, so much so that we looked at the amount that we were spending and it kind of upset us. And we thought, you know what? We'd rather spend that money somewhere else. And because we were able to notice, and and notice how, how I say we, since we were able to notice that we both because our our marriage is about us, not about me or about her, it's about us as as a as a unit, we we both noticed that we were spending money in that in that area. We really wanted to redirect those cash flows. And so it was real easy to come to an, a, a consensus and make an immediate change for both of us to agree on and reallocate those funds to things that were more important to either me or to her or to both of us. And so doing this exercise will, to a certain degree, allow both of you to reevaluate, come together, understand, you might be, you might learn things about your spouse where she spends money or he spends money on things that you, maybe you don't value, but they value. And so that's okay. Like, you know, you kind of learn about your spouse potentially over time, especially when it comes to where they spend money or what they find valuable. So I hope this was helpful. Download the sheet, uh, give it to your spouse, say, hey, you know what, here's something I was thinking we could try. Uh, let's, let's try to figure out a number and some parameters, uh, some boundaries that, that we can both work within, that we both have control. I'll do my own sheet. You do your sheet. We'll come together. We'll, we'll compare and contrast and just try to see this as a team effort to make sure that you're both on the same page. So tried to not, I tried to not make this episode too long, but there's a ton of detail that goes into a lot of this stuff when it comes to spending plans and budgets. Obviously, we're trying to pump more and more articles and videos about this, these types of things. But head on over uh, to our website. There's plenty of resources out there. Even our YouTube channel has a whole series on how to be finance married, where we go through several different things about that. And so please help us spread the word about the podcast by liking the Smarter Vet Financial Facebook page. If you've enjoyed this episode, share it with three of your friends. This is CJ Burnett wishing you a lifetime of financial success. Don't forget to visit our website and sign up for our newsletter. By subscribing, you'll be the first to know about upcoming race-approved CE webinars, podcast releases, short presentations, and articles that we publish. Make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on LinkedIn, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.
CJ Burnett and Tom Seco are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, and financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. CJ Burnett's and Tom Seco's California licenses are 0K79676 and 0K80141, respectively. Security products and advisory services are offered through Park Avenue Securities, LLC, a registered broker-dealer, investment advisor, member of FINRA and the SIPC, and a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Florida Veneer Advisors is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. This podcast is for information purpose only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Florida Veterinary Advisors, and opinions stated are their own. This material is intended for general use. By providing the content, Park Avenue Securities LLC and your financial representative are not undertaking to provide investment advice or make a recommendation for a specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. The individuals associated with Florida Veterinary Advisors do not maintain specialized licenses or qualifications for the financial services provided to veterinary professionals. Florida Veterinary Advisors is not registered in any state or with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission as a registered investment advisor. Submission number 2023-152250, expiration March of 2025.